from the Heritage Foundation. I'm Michelle Cordero, and this is Heritage Explains. saved on my phone of me and my kids playing with Snapchat. Face filter technology on the app turned us first into rabbits, then donkeys, and then I think some kind of a bug, and we clearly had fun with it. There's another filter you may have heard of that actually allows you to swap faces with someone but keep your own body. It's pretty crazy and silly and really entertaining for all ages, not just kids. Harmless fun in a digital era, right? Well, that's what I thought until I learned that these silly videos with my kids are actually just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to how far this type of technology can go. Have you ever heard of deep fakes? What happens when seeing is no longer believing? When public figures are recorded saying and doing things that they never said or did. Well, they are called deep fakes, videos that manipulate video and audio to lead the viewer to believe something that is not true. Sometimes the videos are silly. Others could cause serious confusion and might be grounds for alarm ahead of the 2020 election. There is growing alarm over the use of altered videos online, especially those known as deep fakes, which are highly realistic looking and inaccurate. There are concerns about their growing sophistication and the risks they pose to national security. What happens to a society where the foundations of truth are continuing to be eroded by our own lying eyes? That last clip you just heard is Klon Kitchen, Heritage's leading expert in tech policy. Today, Klon will explain more on what deepfake media is, examples of deepfakes that already exist, and the risks this type of technology poses to our democracy and national security. Klon, thank you so much for joining us. Happy to be here. So the first time I heard the term deep fake, I had no idea what it was. So can you explain what deep fake media is at a 101 level? Sure. So uh, a deep fake could actually be any type of media. It can be uh, an image. It can be audio. Typically, people are referring to video. That seems to be the popular understanding of it right now. And it's any type of media that has um, used artificial intelligence and machine learning to make it look as though someone has said or done something that they never said or did. So Hollywood's been using this kind of technology for years. I'm thinking specifically of, you know, that scene with Forrest Gump and JFK. Obviously, they faked that. Mm-hmm. How else does Hollywood use this technology? Yeah, so this technology originated in Hollywood. It was a way of using uh, artificial characters, so like Jar Jar Binks and Star Wars, Uh, but making them realistic and um, having believable interplay with other characters. Uh, But then also occasionally you would have critical characters, the the actors who portrayed those characters, die 
before shooting was finished. Uh, so this was made popular. I think it was the character Proximus in uh, Gladiator. And uh, he died during filming, but his scenes weren't finished. And they actually used the, the very early versions of this technology to get him back in there so that he could say his lines. And the technology is only getting better. Oh, it's, it's fantastic now. And the technology itself used to be, you know, very expensive and, and, and very difficult to get. And that's why Hollywood had it. Since, uh, with the popularization and democratization of artificial intelligence generally, yeah. Uh, the capability to generate these types of media are, are much more broadly available. Yeah, so now anyone can do them. It still takes a little bit of work, but yeah, it's broadly available. And, they, and you don't need a Hollywood movie. They can no. go viral on YouTube. Oh, absolutely. Well, generating the, the, the deep fake itself uh, is now something you can do at a website uh, or, or a number of websites. And then, yeah, if you want to get it out there, you just need any social media platform that you choose. It can be Twitter. It can be Facebook. It can be YouTube. Yeah. I've yeah. seen some pretty popular Instagram accounts yep. out there that, that use them and they're kind of funny, but then some of them are kind of scary at the same time, which, which is a great lead into my next question. You hosted an event here at Heritage on this topic. Senator Marco Rubio gave remarks. So why are we so concerned about this from a policy perspective? So our culture is media-driven in many, many ways. And when we think about the political life of uh, the United States of America right now, it is heavily driven by media. And so you can imagine if you're a policymaker or some other uh, person of prominence and uh, say it's the night before an election and a believable deep fake of you saying or doing something that would be catastrophic to your campaign is put out on social media – even if you're able to definitively dispel that within an hour, which would be an amazing reaction, if you could do that, it's too late. Yeah. And that goes to the very heart of the legitimacy of our um, democratic institutions, our election process. Um, and, and this is actually something that um, at least variants of these types of, of manipulated video and audio have been used by, say, the, uh, the Russian government to uh, marginalize or disqualify Russian politicians who oppose Vladimir Putin. So I'm trying to think of some other ways in which this could be devastating, mm -hmm. um, not just with politicians, but, you know, we've got some turmoil in our country um, with police brutality, I'm thinking, gosh, someone could fake something and that could start a really big deal. What are some other things yeah. that could be concerning? Yeah, so essentially any um, aspect of American society could be disrupted by something like this. You mentioned a, a doctored video of police brutality, but imagine uh, the economic implications if a um, financial leader were shown to be doing something. Or let's say, let's say you wanted to create a deep fake audio of a CEO – making some type of a statement that would have a huge economic impact, say, on you know the, the trading price of a stock. And it never happened, but it's presented as being kind of a, um, a secretly recorded uh, conversation. It's put out there, and then the market reacts. And even if ultimately the market uh, you know kind of corrects itself over the long term, I mean, you, millions, even billions of dollars worth of, of capital could be affected by something that's completely made up. Yeah. I was thinking about this in the Benghazi terror attacks, right? Mm -hmm. the, it wasn't true, but they the whole protest and events was said to have been sparked by a, a anti-Muslim video. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's just it. In, in a whole host of uh, international affairs, um, 
rumor and innuendo and uh, and just lies can spark uh, any kind of public protest, which immediately, I mean, in the case of Benghazi, truly has life and death consequences. Right. Uh, there was previous, uh, you may remember early or before Benghazi, there were reports about uh, American service personnel burning Qurans. It never happened. Uh, and yet several hundred people, you know, uh, through um, riots in Afghanistan, I believe it was. And I think some individuals may have even been killed. So, um, yeah, the, the, the rumor is a rumor and its negative consequences are part of the human condition. Deep fakes bring that into the digital era and make it uh, very difficult to contain. On that note, I just want to take a quick break since we're talking about media that we can or cannot trust and suggest that you subscribe to the Daily Signal podcast. There are so many news briefing podcasts out there right now, but this is the only one that speaks to the news that I think conservatives need to hear. The first 10 minutes of the podcast is my favorite. Hosts Daniel Davis and Katrina Trinko will go over the news without the liberal spin I would get from some other public radio news stations that I won't mention by name. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It's called The Daily Signal Podcast. Do it today. Okay, now back to my conversation with Klan. So without getting too far into the weeds on this, mm-hmm. because I'm sure it's very, very technical, but I'm thinking right now every time I'm on Facebook and Facebook recognizes me in a photo and, and tries to tag me there, or the recent Face app that came out where everyone wanted to age themselves 20, 25 years, and they found out, hey, Russia owns that company and they've just collected all your data. Is this where, I mean, is this a problem? Should we be concerned about it from that aspect? How are, how are they building these things? Yeah, so they're kind of separate but adjacent problems, right? So there's the the general concerns around privacy and social media, and those are real. Uh, and and the reality is is that most Americans have decided that uh, either the entertainment or the convenience are worth trading their information. I think uh, many Americans don't fully understand what information they're actually trading, what what the actual deal is. Um, there are uh, there does seem to be a growing awareness of that, and I think that's part of why you're seeing some of the tech lash, the the backlash against the tech industry that we're seeing. The the Russian owned Face app that you mentioned that was very popular. I think I think there needs to be a a significant improvement in consumer awareness. Yeah. That just because it's on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store or you know where you normally get your apps doesn't mean that it's not something that you know, doesn't require some looking into before right. you. And look, once you download it, it it gets your stuff right. right. And and so it, it. So they have your face. They have an email. They have your face. They have your email. Depending upon the terms of service agreement that no one reads and says okay to, they may be able to collect other uh, metadata off of your phone in terms of who your or contacts are. Or sometimes they say like, hey, if you're lazy and you don't want to fill out this form, just sign in through Facebook. Yep. And, and then, then you've got every, all of that. Grabs your friends. Grabs all that information. Exactly right. Uh, and look. You know, maybe it's cool to see what you think you'll look like in, you know, 30 years. Um, but, you know, at what cost? You know, save save yourself some, some risk and just use your imagination. So to the best of your knowledge, has anything terrible happened because of a deep fake? Short answer to your question is no, I don't think so. Uh, however, there have been some some issues with what they call cheap fakes, Cheap fakes are essentially some kind of media, audio, video that have been modified but not used 
artificial intelligence, right? So one of the big issues here recently was um, video of, of uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi was slowed down, uh, and there were assertions that it was a, a demonstration of, of her diminished intellectual capacity. One of the challenges with that is that type of activity could be done under the guise of political satire, right? There's nothing inherently wrong about that. I mean, it happens to President Trump all the time. It happens to others all the time. At the same time, that particular video got a great deal of traction. It kind of went viral. Some people may have believed it. And a lot of people did. I mean, there's no doubt a lot of people did. And so, you know, the platforms like Facebook are then having to make a decision like, okay, this seems to have gone beyond the realm of kind of political satire and making fun of the speaker, but seems to actually be impacting people's perceptions of kind of political reality. What, if anything, ought we do? And then if we choose to take, you know, this down, do we take down, you know, any video that has, you know, slow motion or, you know, some variation in speed? And they don't have a good answer to that. And it's a hard question. So then what are we doing? We held an event here with Senator Marco Rubio, which indicates to me that Congress is aware of this issue. What is the government doing about this? There's not a lot that we've been able to figure out directly. I believe a number of uh, senators have put forth potential legislation. I believe Senator Sass has done something. I believe uh, Senator Rubio certainly has done something, uh, perhaps one or two others. The challenge goes to the underlying technology. You, you don't want to make it illegal, right? It's, it has a beneficial use to society. Innovation. Yeah. And, and, and it, it is already leading to other kind of follow-on innovations that are interesting and neat and helpful and so you can't ban it outright. And so I think what there is some energy uh, focused on is trying to deal with the illegal use of this technology. Again, though, so much of this can be done, if not anonymously, uh, it can certainly be done, you know, with a, a pretty small or a, a hidden hand. And, you know, there's just not a whole lot of room here for kind of major federal action beyond, you know, punishing what is already a crime. You know, so whether it be fraud or, or some type of abuse. So unfortunately, what we're dealing with is the, the rise of a technology that in and of itself isn't illegal, but whose implications used wrongly are significant. And then finally, the other thing I'll say is, and this is, goes to a broader implication of all this, two researchers, um, Bobby Chesney and Rachel Citron, who we also had as a part of our public event, they, they did an excellent paper on this. And one of the things that they drew out, which I think is really insightful, is what they call um, the liar's dividend. So to the degree that this technology proliferates and we get used as a society to seeing fake videos, well, that also makes us less likely to believe true things. And so, yes, you know, politician A had a deep fake video showing them doing some awful thing, and they say, no, that wasn't me, and it wasn't. But politician B has video of them really doing a bad thing. But they can claim, no, 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 that was a deep fake. That's not me. And the society doesn't know what to do with that. And so overall trust and um, truth are eroded. And that's a net negative for us as a people. Thank you so much for your insight on yeah. this difficult topic. My pleasure. If you're interested in more information on this topic, I'll link to our event notes with Marco Rubio on deep fakes in our show notes, as well as the report that Klon mentioned and the cheap fake with Nancy Pelosi. I'm even going to link to a few Instagram accounts that are doing deep fakes for entertainment purposes. The more we're aware of this technology, the less power it has. 
If you liked this podcast, rate us, review us, share us, email us at managingeditor at heritage.org. We love hearing from you. It was a listener who suggested we have Klon on today. Thanks, Molly. We love your ideas. Keep them coming. We'll see you next week with another explainer. Heritage Explains is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher with editing by Thalia Rampersad.